So this resolution series that we've been into, I wanted to make it more than something that we just say, you know what, that's, I really need to work on that in my life, so let me kind of make some goals that I'm probably not going to meet. I really wanted to make it more something like, yes, I can get some traction with this, and this can make a difference in my life. And we've talked about several different things. And today, really, I want to do a checkup on where we are spiritually in our growth. And um, so it's, it's kind of funny. Uh, Friday <clears throat> evening, um, Vera, our granddaughter, was over at the house. And I guess her parents were there too. I don't really remember. <laughs> but she's kind of at that stage now where, where she's starting to roll over and, and we hadn't seen it yet. So we're all, so here's five adults on the floor gathered around this little girl who is about to roll over, and so let me show you what happened. There's no sound because we didn't want you to hear what we were saying. I know you can kind of barely see it, but... Come on. Come on now. Okay, I'll just grab my feet. See, look what I can do. So she never rolled over, but uh, <laughs> but she <laughs> we didn't actually record the rollover because it like happened like five minutes later. So here's here's what happens, right? So here's five grown adults, right? She rolls over and all of us go, yeah! and she went. We scared her to death because we were more excited about the rollover than she was excited about the rollover. You know, I, it's been a long time since someone cheered for me when I rolled over. I mean, I do it all the time, and it's like people just, they don't give me credit for it anymore. Um, there's a lot of things that used to get a lot of hoots and hollers when I was a kid, like going pee standing up all by myself. I could use a little appreciation there, but it doesn't happen very often, you know. There are some things that, you know, are considered kind of funny that at my age just wouldn't be considered funny anymore. Um, and, and so I think that has to do with, of course, growing up and maturity. And, and if, they're, if we're still excited about some of those things that we're excited about a baby doing when they get older, there's probably a developmental problem. Okay, so, so think about this spiritually, right? So I think that the, the, the difficult thing for me about trying to quantify and measure spiritual growth is that it's such an intangible. It's like I read this many chapters in the Bible, or I prayed for this long, or I attended this many Sundays out of this many. But we're like that, don't we? We like those metrics that we can check a box and say, see, I am progressing as a follower of Christ. I'm doing more. I'm becoming more. I'm attending more. I'm giving more. I'm doing more. And yet all along, that can actually have no effect on your actual spiritual life. And so it's like the one thing that we have to realize is that you can't make a kid grow. 
Now, you can, you can put a lot of things in their life and ensure that there's some behavior that's taking place that causes growth, but you can't make a kid grow. But you know what we do? We measure growth, right? And so I snuck in my, 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 I snuck in my wife's room. That's a really desperate relationship. <laughs> Surprise. I snuck in my daughter's room last night um, while they were watching TV, and I snapped a picture. This is, our, this is her bookshelves, and for years now, we have been taking her measurement as she grows on her bookshelf. The last time was the 16th of December. Um, no, that was, I'm sorry, that's just December of 2016, and she was 66 inches and a quarter. And we just take that occasionally to kind of see how she's progressing, right? There's nothing like that in the Christian life, though. It's like, don't you wish there was? Like, well, maybe we don't, because <laughs> so many of us would be really short people. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't make a kid grow up. You can, you, can, you can measure progress, but you can't always make a kid grow. And we love to have spiritual markers that make us feel better. And I actually attended a church for a while that they would have goal cards at the end of every year to where um, uh, you set goals for yourself spiritually, how many chapters you're going to read out of the Bible or how many um, people you're going to present the gospel to or, or how much you're going to give. And I, under, I understand why that was done to kind of spur you on and, and encourage you to do that. But at the same token, it was not necessarily indicative of growth that was taking place. But numbers don't tell the whole story, do they? No, because they're too, they're too easily manipulated. And they can be used to paint a picture that's not necessarily accurate. Because I know a lot of people, and I've said it before, that read a lot of Bible, but they're just not nice. I know a lot of people who go to church a lot, even more than I do. And I wouldn't want to hang around them. So, so activity that we do doesn't always translate in growth. But what I do think is there are some things that we can use that are measurable maybe, that um, kind of like we can take a spiritual measuring tape out and at least get a feel or an idea for where we are spiritually. And again, we're not going to quantify and say you're a six or, a, or, or you know, you're this tall or whatever. We're just going to kind of use these four questions as a means of gauging areas that we need to grow in or areas in which we need to improve. The first thing is this, are you feeding yourself? So have you gotten to the place in your spiritual life where you have some of your own intake taking place? Because what's happening here this morning is, I'm feeding you. And that's okay, I think that's biblical. Jesus, before he went to heaven, he's talking to Peter, and he asked Peter, do you love me? Peter said, yes, and Jesus said, then feed my sheep. So I think there's something there that, that we as Christians need to be fed. And so this is kind of all part of that. But I also think there is a personal responsibility that we have to feed ourselves. And whatever that looks like for you, it needs to happen. Being fed at church or maybe attending a community group is all part of the growing process, but we should still be able to, and we ought to, 
have the ability and do so on a regular basis, feed ourselves. And if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, very plainly, it's, it's that, that the Word of God, the Bible, these words have the ability to nourish your spirit. And there's something incredible about the Word of God. It is, a, it, it is alive, it breathes, it nourishes, and I think the more time we spend in it, the healthier we are spiritually. Jesus said to Satan when he was being tempted, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. There is something about taking in spiritual nutrition. Can you, are you feeding yourself? Are there times when you, when you read or when you think or when you partake in the spiritual? Just you. You're feeding yourself. That's a sign of maturity. So if you say, well, you know, um, I'm not sure what that looks like. Folks, this is a measuring stick. It is, it is a means for us to determine where we are because this time of year is a beautiful time of year to set goals for ourselves and determine I'm going to grow spiritually this year. So one way we determine that we need to grow is to ask ourselves, are we feeding ourselves? If we are, how much and to what end and to how much extent, and then take it from there. So, are you feeding yourself? Number two, are you engaging with other Christians? Are you engaging with other Christians? In other words, are you spending time with other believers for several reasons. One is obviously strengthening. Another is encouragement. Another is to exercise the gifts of the Spirit, um, the fruit of the Spirit. I think it's a beautiful thing um, because the treatment of God's children and the treatment of others is a good indicator of how well you're growing spiritually. And by the way, it starts with your family, doesn't it? And that's kind of tough because like we can be Mr. and Mrs. Christian right here at church, can't we? I'm talking about what does your family see? What do your coworkers see? What do the people around you see? But I think engaging with other believers is important. It's an important part of your spiritual life. Does it become a priority to you? So are you feeding yourself? Are you engaging with other believers? And are you bearing fruit? Is there evidence in your life of the difference that Jesus Christ is making? So as you take in the Word of God, as you take in the food from the Bible, the spiritual food, it ought to be making a difference in the life that you leave. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is, so these are evidences that the Holy Spirit is doing a work in your life. Love, is that evident? Joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Wow, those are fantastic fruits of the Spirit. Well, I can't help it, Eric. It's just the way that I am. It doesn't have to be the way you am. You can actually allow the Holy Spirit to be working on your life and become somebody better than who you am. You become who you should be. In Christ, 
So are you evidencing, are you, are you evidencing the fruit of the Spirit? Are you bearing the fruit of the Spirit because of the influence that he's having on your life? <laughs> Is there life change taking place? Do other believers see the difference in your life? Do other people see the difference that Jesus is making in your life? And then another great measuring stick, another great question to ask ourselves is, are we sharing our faith? And this is where where we get a lot of the tapping of the brakes, right? This is where it kind of gets a little uncomfortable for a lot of people. Well, I understand that, but the truth of the matter is, it doesn't necessarily have to be something that you initiate. And I think that's, so, so let me kind of give you a little bit of my background. So um, my wife and I moved up here with our family um, 11 years ago, and our background had been that the way that you shared your faith was simply to knock on doors and present the gospel to people. And, and the, the, the years of my life that that was my, my main mode of evangelism, it was effective. I mean, I, I, I was able to pray with a lot of people and, and um, explain the gospel to a lot of people. Now, I'll be quite transparent with you. It did not result in a lot of people coming to church with me and a lot of life change that I saw. Now, eternity will determine what the, what the fruit was from all of that. And I, and I trust God for that, and I believe that. But what I have found in my life, for me, a more effective way is is to live in such a way that creates conversation. And I there, there's there, there's and I don't think it has to be either or. I think you can do both if you're so inclined. But it, it feels to me in sharing your faith, if you're not a jerk then sharing your faith is just telling your story. But too many times when we think about sharing our faith, it's in such a condemning way that that the people that we're trying to share it with have no real interest in hearing what you have to say because they don't want to be like who you are. But I think that if you live in such a way that you're exercising the fruit of the Spirit... And your story is such that it shows the difference that Jesus Christ can make in the life of somebody who has a relationship with him, then it becomes a lot easier to talk about it. You know what? I don't mind talking about the relationship that I have with my wife because I love my wife and we have a good relationship. And if you want to ask me some of the keys to a successful marriage, I'll say, ask Melissa (laughs) because she's better at it than I am. But it's like, I think it's not something I'm afraid to talk about. There are some things in my life that I'm good at, and I enjoy talking about them. And there are things, but, but here's the thing. Is anybody asking? Right? Is anybody asking about your faith? Are you living in such a way that people are like, huh, okay. I know that, like, Church is a part of his life, but he's not an idiot, right? Church is a part of his life, and and I think he's religious, but, you know, he seems to be a really nice guy. And at least being the person that people can go to and ask questions about who you are and, and what makes you who you are. 
But I do think people ought to be asking. And so it's going to look different for everybody, and I get that. So those are some (laughs) spiritual measurements whereby you can determine, okay, let's see, am I feeding myself on a regular basis? Well, maybe I need to work on that a little bit. Am I engaging on a regular basis with other Christians? Is church a priority? I don't know. Maybe I need to work on that a little bit. Um, Am I bearing fruit? Wow, that's the fruit of the Spirit. I'm not sure. And, you know, honestly, I'm not opposed to the fact that a fruit of the Spirit is part of it, but maybe, like, a, the, the fruit of, an, of, a, of, um, of a believer is another believer. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with that as well. Is that happening? And then, like, am I sharing my faith? So if we use those as measuring sticks, if we use those as our growth chart, let me give you just three behaviors that I think promotes spiritual growth, and we'll be done. First of all, daily quiet time with God. I think it needs to be daily, and I think it needs to be quiet, and I know it takes time. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about setting your mind at ease for a little while and taking the time that's necessary to connect with your Heavenly Father on a regular basis. Think think slow cooker, not microwave. Okay? We're going to marinate on this thing for a while. So daily quiet time with God. And again, I think it needs to be daily, I think it needs to be quiet, and I think it needs to take some time. What we're trying to do is create habits that promote spiritual growth. So John 15, of course, is the famous passage where Jesus said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. You don't bear fruit unless you're connected to the vine, right? So I think on a regular basis, we need to be connected with a source of everything that we need spiritually. And that takes some time. I think it should include Bible reading or Bible listening. I think it should include some time of prayer because because reading or listening to the Bible is God speaking to you. Prayer is is me speaking to God. And prayer doesn't necessarily have to be (laughs) super flowery. It's just a conversation. And prayer is not always asking for stuff. Prayer is just conversation. And prayer is just talking to the God who loves you. So reading the word of God, talking back to your heavenly father, and then taking time to meditate upon what you're learning. Staying connected. I think this is one of the best practices for promoting spiritual growth. I think also that we ought to weekly attend some type of community. So daily quiet time with God, weekly attendance and community. There's no way of getting around the fact that we need to be around each other, that we need to be spending time together. Occasional attendance stunts spiritual growth. I believe that. Making it an afterthought or when it's convenient stunts spiritual growth. I think that there is something, I think there's a mandate in the New Testament to get together as believers as often as you can. 
And I know our society looks different today and church looks different today, but I believe the original intent was that we needed to get together to encourage each other, to strengthen each other, to be instructed by God's word. And that's why this thing called the church happens every week. It used to happen daily. They were in the temple daily, the Bible said. So surely we can make it a week at a time, right? And I think, I think coming to church is important. I think being involved in a smaller community group is important because you kind of get to know each other a little bit better. A couple verses here real quick. Proverbs um, chapter 27, verse 17 says this, that iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. There is something about being with other believers that helps you improve. And then this is the famous passage that is misused so often, but Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Now, that's what I wanted to focus on, that there is something about the relationship that you and I are supposed to have with each other that provokes each other to do something more, to be a better believer to do something more for Christ, to affect change in this world. And then it says this, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. That's the verse that's used a lot of times, I think somewhat out of context, but I like what, he, what the writer of Hebrews is saying, is that getting together is how this provoking happens. It seems like it's, it's, it's connected there. That getting together is how provoking happens. Now, I'll be quite honest with you. I don't know that that happens a lot in church except this way, right? Just me telling you what I think God's word said. I think provoking happens a lot more in community because I think circles are better than rows. So I think that, that you sitting here listening to me is one way that happens, but I think you sitting in a circle with other believers provoking each other is a totally different level of it. And that's why I would encourage you to get involved in a community group that meets regularly so that you can challenge each other and encourage each other. Daily quiet time with God, weekly attendance in community, and then finally regular service to others. I think this is the whole, like, why are we doing what we're doing kind of a thing. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, it's a great passage that's often used to enforce why we need Scripture in our life. Because it says this, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And then it says it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. That's a great passage of Scripture about why we need God's Word in our life. But then it goes on in verse 17 and it says this, that the man of God may be perfect, that means complete, Thoroughly furnished to do what? Unto all good works. The the purpose of your growth is so that you can more effectively affect the kingdom of God. There's supposed to be a reason why you learn what you learn. is so that you can do what you're supposed to do. Because knowledge without anything, any, any result just makes you proud. And knowing more doesn't make you more spiritual. What knowing more ought to do is make you more Christ-like, which then makes you accomplish something for the kingdom of God. We have a purpose of being here. So wherever your spiritual tape measurer took you, I think these are three behaviors that can help promote spiritual growth. Now, how do you carry this out? If you want to use it as a New Year's resolution, or a New Year's revolution, I think what we learned about Moses the very first Sunday of this year is you start where you are. 
And if right now you have absolutely no time with the Lord on a regular basis, I would encourage you to insert some of that on a regular basis. And there's so many tools to make that happen. And we'll talk about that in the, in, in the use what you have. But I think that it needs to become a priority for you. Be reasonable, but at least take a step in that direction. Quantify what it is you want to attain, and then take the first step in that direction. Read the Bible, pray daily, become more patient, memorize a verse, be more faithful to church, join a community group. Whatever that next step is for you, start where you are. And then use what you have. (laughs) In our society today and where we are living in America, we have so much at our disposal to make this happen. I mean, we have apps on our phone that will ding and remind you to read the Bible. We have virtual communities with reading plans where everybody checks in and makes sure that you're studying together and and you're posting your notes or you can follow a blogger and read his daily things and you just, I mean, there's so many ways that you can make this happen. One of my favorite things is such such an easy thing for me to do. It's it's, It's called the Daily Audio Bible. And his name is Brian and he reads through the Bible in a year. And so it's like you start this journey on, on January the 1st and every day I wake up and there's the latest podcast that downloads automatically on my phone. And I listen to it while I'm getting ready in the morning or while I'm on my way to work. And it's like, you know, I just, I, I, but to me, that is something intentional that happens, but it happens kind of all on its own. So it's like using technology to help make it happen. And I'm not saying that's the only thing you should do, but if you're not doing anything, that's a great place to start. And there are wonderful programs out there and online tools where you can just like do the old-fashioned way and just pick up your Bible and read it. But I think it needs to be intentional. Use what you have. I also think it's kind of important to have a place to do it. You know, like your spot. It's not necessary, but I think it's important that that becomes kind of like your God spot where you and God go and you connect there. I think that's kind of cool if you have that. If you're a mother of a toddler, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. Maybe it's a closet or a pantry, right? Start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. Make it a part of your daily routine. If you have a long commute, Just make it part of your commute. I think if you take a step in that direction, you have a lot of time on your hands. And I I just, this is just me. I like to be more intentional with my time. So I hardly ever listen to the radio. I'm always listening to a podcast because that has some intentionality to it. Right? So I have like six podcasts that I let that get downloaded automatically. Some of them weekly, some of them daily, and some of them get backlogged, right? I don't know, you know, sometimes, and they're not all spiritual. They're things to help develop me as a person or give me information. But you be more intentional with the time that you've been given and start where you are and use what you have and do what you can. And let's just see if maybe we can actually begin to implement some behavior in our life that affects the growth in our life, because you can't make yourself grow, but you can insert behavior into your life that creates growth. And I think there's a big difference. 
So I don't know what that looks like for you. I know what it looks like for me. And I know what it is in my life that I need to improve on. And so my encouragement to you is to make some decisions today that will affect your spiritual growth long-term. That's our word of prayer. Father, we do love you. And we are so grateful for where we are in life and everything you've done for us. But God, help us not to be satisfied and help us not to, not to look at where we are in life and be okay with staying here when you want so much more for us. Help us to institute some things in our life that will make significant changes in where we end up spiritually by this time next year. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.